0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Charting Queer Health, a podcast at the intersection of queer culture, healthcare, and research. On behalf of Howard Brown Health in Chicago, as always, I'm your host, Matt Leske. I'm a cis, white, gay man, and a Chicago resident, but most importantly, I have the incredible opportunity every week to sit down with various experts from across our organization and across our community to learn from their expertise, amplify their stories and voices, and advance the conversation surrounding queer healthcare. Before we get started, I wanted to remind our listeners that there is a form in the description of this episode down below. Uh, It will take you to a little survey that is going to ask you what you think about charting career health. It helps us learn about what we can improve on and bring you better episodes in the future. I would so appreciate if you took a little time for that. So let's jump into it. This episode is all about teeth, dental health care, what it means, why it's important, and how we go about it here at Howard Brown. Joining us today is Dr. Teofilo Limos-Nero. Um Dr. Teo, thank you so much for coming. Would you mind introducing yourself, what you do here at Howard Brown, and your pronouns, please?
1: Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, I am Dr. Teofilo Lemosnero, but everybody calls me Teo because it's a lot shorter and easier to pronounce. Um, I am the dental director for Howard Brown. I've been with Howard Brown since 2018. My pronouns are he, him, and his.
0: Wonderful. So, like you mentioned, you're dental director for the North Side, I and am. we brought you in to talk about teeth. Um, <laughs> somehow, in like close to fifty episodes, haven't we haven't broached the subject even a little bit? So I'm wow. excited to dive in because it seems like a really obvious topic, yeah, right. Uh, but we just have never gotten to it. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, and I was thinking, even this morning, I made flossing. My New Year's resolution. So I. Great resolution. You know, yeah. I commend you for that. <laughs> yeah. It's especially hard because I have the internal um, metal retainers. The retainers, yes. So the, I have to get all the picks and it's annoying and everything. So I'm hoping uh, over the course of this episode, yeah. you can uh, remind me why that is so important. Um, <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> but Be happy uh, to. <laughs> So let's start a little broadly. What led sure. you to working in dental? or more specifically to working in dental at a place like Howard Brown?
1: Sure, okay, so dental in general, I mean, I've always had an interest in healthcare, and I also love working with my hands, so I thought that was a great way to combine the two. Now, Howard Brown specifically, um, so just to give you a little background, I've been in private practice for 30 years, and in 2018, when Howard Brown opened their first dental clinic, I was fortunate enough to start working here one day a week. And pre pandemic, you know, I really only came in once a day, uh, once a week, and got to see just a little bit of what Howard Brown was capable of. But during the pandemic, I really got to see how Howard Brown leapt into action to not only take care of our community, but the greater community at large. And because I wasn't working in private practice, I was able to help out and be here four days a week, working in the community tents, doing COVID testing. And I really got to see exactly what we did and the extent to to what we did for the community. So when the opportunity came for me to uh, take on the position of dental director, I thought, wow, this is a great way for me to join not only a wonderful organization, but to be part of that mission that we have of really taking care of not just ourselves, but our community, the greater community at large. And I thought it was also a great way for me to kind of contribute in my own way to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, So really that, in a nutshell, was why I decided to take on this position. I thought it would be not only challenging but extremely rewarding.
0: Yeah. Um, in your eyes, what's different about working in dental for a place like Howard Brown versus in a private practice or um, uh, you know a private healthcare industry setting?
1: Sure. So one of the wonderful things about Howard Brown versus private practice is you know in private practice as a dental professional, yes, I definitely want to take care of my patients. But ultimately, it's also a business, right? And we have to earn a living for not just ourselves, but for our uh, employees. So the focus is always on production, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but in, an, in a setting mm-hmm. like Howard Brown, where we're federally qualified health center, um, the focus on it for us really is treating patients. So we have a lot of resources to be able to help out patients who otherwise wouldn't be able to receive dental care. So for me, that was a really amazing thing to be able to do. You know, it, it, it made what I was doing really feel like it was making an impact for someone. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: I've, I've heard that from uh, a lot of different providers that I've talked with on the show where... Um, have treating patients in a setting like Howard Brown kind of lifts that uh, ticking clock that you have with uh, with appointments where, you know, I have to be in and out of this exam room in 10 <laughs> minutes. I got something else to do. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. There we ha- then we have to bill them and make sure all that goes through. Yeah. Uh, and here at Howard Brown, obviously we, you know, still have ways that we make money uh, to continue to support this of kind course. of healthcare, but of there's less of that. Yes, go 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 kind of mentality. Yes. So interesting. Yes. Um, so I have a lot of questions as regards dental healthcare, um, specifically. And the first one is, why is dental health considered its own thing? Uh, because obviously, <laughs> it's you know. It's uh, like a a localized area of focus where, you know, you're treating just that, but even like that separation continues onwards into like insurance Uh, and it's its own thing. Why is that the case? And should that be the case?
1: Well, okay. So historically medicine, the fields of medicine and dentistry evolved and developed separately, right? So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like dentistry developed as a subspecialty of medicine. So as a result, I think it just, that's, that was the mindset, gotcha. right? Even of, our, of my profession and the medical profession, it, we were concentrated on just our own individual professions. And I think it crept into the population in general, where it was like, your, de- your teeth were your teeth, the rest of your body was the health, or the rest of your body, and mm-hmm. you saw your doctor to take care of your body, you saw your dentist to take care of your teeth. Never mind the fact that your teeth and your mouth is part of your body, right? right? And so um, is that, should it be that way? Me personally and and a lot of other medical and dental professionals will say absolutely not. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it's all interconnected, right? So if you have issues, if you have a chronic inflammation in your mouth, like take, for example, gum disease you know, that's a chronic infection in your mouth. It doesn't just stay localized in your mouth. It could have implications for the rest of your body, especially if you're living with diabetes, cardiovascular disease, things of that nature. So yeah, yeah, definitely the, the two should be intertwined. And that's one of the great things about working at Howard Brown, because we do have medical professionals here as well as now us that our dental the dental professionals it's wonderful to be able to collaborate with and refer to one another, uh, what uh, given whatever circumstances our patients may have. Yeah, so that's an it, excellent. It, it really helps. It really yeah. helps, and it, it it's wonderful to be able to immediately mm-hmm. look at a patient's medical history and background if they're an existing patient of Howard Brown and know um, that okay these are some of the things that as a dental professional I need to be able to I need to be able to um, uh, Watch out for when I see this particular patient, based on the medications that they may be taking, the medical conditions that they may be living with. So yeah, it makes a huge difference. It yeah, really
0: does. that's an excellent point because. So I would imagine if you were working in a, a private practice and you see somebody that clearly their their dental healthcare concerns are going to have impact on you know their primary care. Yep. Um, your only option really is just to like tell them to see their primary care and just like hope they carry the message along.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, it can be a little bit challenging. Um, And, and a lot of it has to do with how compliant are your patients. So Mm -hmm. you're in private practice, you're relying heavily on what Mm -hmm. your patient discloses on their medical history form. Right. And so, and we take that as truth. And um, if, Information is not disclosed. It can shoot. Um, Some take, I'm doing a periodic exam. You know, a patient comes in, they're cleaning, and I'm doing an examination. I find a lump in their throat or on their neck. And I, you know, tell the patient that, hey, this is what I find. My recommendation is please go see your primary care physician to see if that needs further assessment. And, you know, I can give them that referral, but whether or not they actually choose to do so is at their discretion. And so we have to either follow up with them at their next appointment or call them and, uh, you know, a couple of weeks down the road and say, Hey, were you able to get that taken care of? So, yeah. yeah. Whereas here I could easily just, you know, here's your PCP, please go see Dr. Zones. So, right. Yeah. You can buzz that PCP yeah. specifically she and be like, a quick message next and time you say, see yeah. patient X, Y, and Z, exactly. I need you to, okay. Yeah. That's,
0: Yeah, that's a a huge difference that I don't think people probably think about. Mm -hmm. Um, Because yeah, in in private practice, you're just bound by if that patient is willing to disclose stuff and if they're willing to act on the recommendations you give them. Yeah, Um, That kind of separation, I wonder how that factors into how people perceive the importance of dental health. Um, Because, and, and like because of that perceived importance, how that dictates their level of access to it. So if you have somebody that's like underinsured or no insurance, in my eyes, I could see them very easily like, oh, like teeth are pretty low stakes, pretty absolutely. low importance, let absolutely. me focus on other things first. Absolutely. Um, do you do you see that being the case?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. And even in private practice, I saw that as being the case. So it's regardless of where you are in your uh, financial abilities, um, dental can be down at the bottom of the list, mm-hmm. right? So food, housing, those are the things that are very important. And then when medical issues come up, that takes even higher priority. So dental always seems to be at the bottom of the list. Um, and to be honest, it should really be prioritized because so much of what we can do when we're seeing someone on a regular basis is about preventative measures, right? Mm -hmm. So if we can see you on a regular basis and catch things early, we can prevent you from having to either have an extraction or uh, develop periodontal disease or potentially even lose a tooth or even get decay. So Mm -hmm. though uh, our goal really is if you can come in on a regular basis, and where everything is stabilized and we can keep you that way and prevent things and issues from coming up, that's that's actually yeah. the best way. But unfortunately, when your finances are an issue, um, seeing a dentist is not going to be high on your priority. So that's why I think... Um, clinics and uh, organizations like Howard Brown is really important. Mm-hmm. We provide that that uh, service that you otherwise would not be able to get because I will tell you, one of the best things I love about working for Howard Brown Dental is the fact that we will work with you yeah. regardless of where you're at financially. Mm-hmm. We try our best to make sure that you are seen.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a great case for that kind of... Uh, I, we use the term a lot, like wraparound care, where all of the all of the services we offer is linked, and so mm-hmm. that um, allows us to be proactive and not reactive. We yep. talk about it a lot with all the different specialties I've interviewed, where it's always better, healthcare wise, healthcare outcome wise, to you know have that preventative care and and to be able to see things as they come rather than oh this has already occurred now it's now it's an issue and i want to see somebody about it well your options are a lot more limited yeah so i think i can see that being especially true with dental whereas yeah if you come in once there's a problem it's a lot harder to fix that problem than it would be to just take the steps ahead of time yes um and i i think the other thing that you said that was true is that like dental is low on the list of priority and i think i heard somewhere somebody say that like people's uh SMILE is often one of the um, clearest indicators of their socioeconomic status, um, unfortunately, where, uh, you know, because people of a higher socioeconomic status or higher access to healthcare are able to prioritize orthodontia or that yes. preventative care. And so um, it's one of those things that you can easily look at that's a barometer of that. Overall, would you say enough people across either Chicago or even broadly speaking, the U.S. have actual health care? Like just on a, on, a, mm. on a numbers level, are there enough dentists? Are people, you know, under-resourced? Like how, how does that all shake out and what's the barrier there for stopping people from getting dental health access? Is it an insurance thing?
1: Um, so I would say there are enough dentists. I would say there's not access to dental mm. care. OK, um, you know, health care as it is, is already difficult for some people to be able to access. Mm-hmm. Dental care is even worse. OK. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's it, you, what, what uh, is difficult is that even for organizations like Howard Brown, or other federally qualified health care center, health centers, um, the vast majority of their facilities are devoted to medical. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Howard Brown, we opened up our first dental clinic in 2018. And so if you can imagine, if we had to to provide for all the cumulative number of medical patients that we service Mm -hmm. within our one dental clinic, that would be quite a daunting task. Yeah, And it is, and, 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 and I will tell you, uh, since we opened it, it it has proven to be a daunting task just because all of a sudden, now that people are aware that we exist and that we provide these services, um, we have been inundated with mm. patients. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to do that. Uh, but it's also, um, uh, Challenging because we want to be able to see more, but we're limited. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: We're, we have our limitations. How does that limitation compare with you know a, a primary care like immunization? Because I can see, you know, if you're a nonprofit and you just want to have the greatest impact in as little amount of time, uh and and space as possible mm-hmm. you know you, you you think of immunization drives especially during covid getting yep. people getting the vaccine out there it's a shot in the arm 15 minute wait you're good um, it strikes me that dental health is maybe not as quick and easy no <laughs> yeah so <laughs> no it's definitely not and you know so so i i have to hand it to
1: the healthcare organizations who've taken on that daunting task of opening up a dental uh care, a dental facility mm-hmm. like Howard Brown because you're right it 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 takes a lot Financially, to be able to open up a dental clinic, um, and because it unlike other, like your medical facilities, we require so much more. We require equipment that you normally would not need in a mm-hmm. medical facility, and the just the amount of of uh, disposables that we use, the amount of materials that we use, the amount of equipment that needs to be maintained on a daily basis that we use is, is, is quite a lot. And so it is, it, it can be financially taxing if you don't have the proper uh, funding in place, um, to be able to, uh, serve th- those kinds of yeah. uh, procedures and treatments for uh, that dental requires.
0: Yeah. Cause, and, and I've found, especially talking in other episodes about like research and, and funding and things that, um, it sounds like a, it's a, it's a bad way to phrase it, but like the it's, uh, dental health care is probably not as like quote unquote sexy as other like things that we're treating. I don't know.
1: I think a sexy <laughs> smile is
0: wonderful. <laughs> but in terms of like, you know, attention grabbing, going to pat myself on the back for doing type of thing. Sure. Um, the type of thing that like wealthy donors want to give a ton of money to. Um, it, they may be more persuaded to donate towards like, yeah, vaccines that are like, and we're in dire need of and and those <clears throat> really immediate uh, high gratification mm-hmm. focuses yeah. rather than like dental health, which sometimes may not seem as exciting. I, I don't know if that's-
1: I don't know from from the uh, uh, fundraising efforts that I've participated in with Howard Brown specifically for dental. Mm-hmm. I've not found that to be the case. Yeah, so so I'm I'm finding that people really do uh, people who have the means to be able to donate really find value in in uh, you know donating their their finances and resources to dental care. Um, So I'm very grateful for that, and I think you know it it's it's speaks volumes to. what people prioritize are important needs for the community, which it really is. Good. It really is. That's encouraging. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Cause I can, I've, I've heard from, yeah, certain specialties, obviously like our anal health, uh, practice is probably harder to, um, solicit public donations for cause it's not, you know, yeah, I donated a bunch of money to anal health. Like (laughs) the people aren't as jazzed about that, but I'm, it's encouraging that, um, Dental health uh, is still, and I don't know if it always has been, but at least is now a a priority for people and something that people can really rally behind.
1: Yeah, we're Um, we're very fortunate because we have wonderful um, business leaders within the community who have made uh, dental care a priority, specifically helping Howard Brown with uh, raising funds for dental, yeah, um, and it's
0: it, it's remarkable, and uh, I'm, I'm we're very grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, transitioned flawlessly for me, um, flawlessly, I should say. Um, wanted to talk about what we do dental-wise at Howard Brown. So you said earlier we opened the first dental clinic in 2018. 18, yeah. Okay, um, where is that? What does that look like? Run us through kind of how we do things here.
1: So our first clinic. Uh, which opened in 2018, uh, and with the with tremendous effort from our chief dental officer, Dr. Robin Gay, um, it would not have been possible without her, quite frankly. And really, she is instrumental in why I even took this position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, so uh, our first clinic is at 641 West 63rd. And um, and that's on the south side. For those of you that don't know, Chicago. it's in the Englewood neighborhood. Yep. Yes. Uh-huh. And, um, it's, uh huh. And it's gosh, we are open five days a week, nine to five. Yeah. We we provide so really. So here's another thing. One of the biggest reasons why I started working with Howard Brown was because um, Doctor Gay's model for what kind of treatment we were going to provide was based now she and I had been working together in private practice for years okay. and we also taught together at the dental school. So she and I practiced very similarly. And mm-hmm. I told her, listen, I don't want to go work there if I'm gonna have to do compromise what I'm doing, mm-hmm. how I'm doing things now. She said, absolutely not, you know, um, our goal is to provide the same kind of service we provide in our private practice. You know, yeah. no hold to bar. It would that's how we were going to practice. And so I thought, okay, great, sign me up. Mm-hmm. So, it starts with comprehensive care. So, what that means is we're not going to have you come in and just, okay, I've got a toothache, we're going to cheat that one tooth. No, because remember, you're, you're, there's many, if, if you haven't had dental care in quite a long time, for some of our patients years, um, there is a great chance that you not only have dental or hard, hard tissue issues, but you have gum issues as well. So we need to make sure that all of that is taken into account and we create a comprehensive treatment plan for you that goes from beginning to end. So that way, the, with the end goal being a functional, stable, healthy mouth that you're able to smile with, you are able to eat with, mm-hmm. you're able to speak with. So mm-hmm. yeah, so it, we, so that includes uh, treating gum disease, so deep cleanings, regular cleanings for healthy, healthy mouths. Uh, fillings, uh, we don't do any silver fillings. All of our fillings are white. Uh, crowns, uh, dentures, complete dentures, partial dentures, simple extractions. Uh, we're fortunate in that we pra- uh, partner with um, some specialties, uh, who, specialists who are able to provide um, specialty care for some of our patients as well. So we do run the full gamut of private practice uh, procedures. Yeah, and we even uh, we even restore implants. We don't place implants, but we mm-hmm. restore implants. So we do have some patients with implants.
0: Wow. Yeah. That. Yeah. That, I felt like that was important to get out there because I feel like if you're somebody that doesn't operate within uh, the nonprofit healthcare, you know, realm that you might hear nonprofit dental health, and you're like, oh, so they'll give you some floss and a toothbrush and, oh, you know, absolutely right. No, no, that no, no, kind no. of thing. <laughs> so, it, cause that's really encouraging. I toured 63rd pretty early on after starting, um, at Howard Brown. And yeah, I, I remember being struck by that, that like my con- concept of what nonprofit dental health looked like yes. was wrong, at least when it comes to how Howard Brown does it. Yes. So exactly. that's very, very refreshing. Exactly. Um, so we have that on the South side. Um, Obviously, I'm assuming the need for dental health in the city, or even on the south side alone, probably eclipses what we're able to offer. How many? Oh. How many patients can be seen a day?
1: Oh gosh! So there, uh, uh, on a very busy day, we will have four per, four dentists working with full schedules, maybe seeing anywhere from eight to ten patients or more mm-hmm. a day, and then we have a column uh, for two panels for a hygienist mm-hmm. so they're seeing you know patients all day yeah long so you well. have so six people yeah so it's a lot and then we have a column just for new patient x-rays so how uh, we see patients so if you come into our practice the first thing we want to do is first gather all the information we need to be able to do a comprehensive exam so mm-hmm. that starts with an and appointment just for a full mouth series of x-rays filling out all the forms that you need to fill out and then after that we schedule you for a comprehensive exam so that way by then we'll have a chance to uh review your x-rays and then be able to be efficient with your with your time and our time as well so that way we can create a comprehensive treatment plan for you at your second visit
0: yeah okay so there's we have a whole cycle of how we yes. operate with people yes um so so the need is big, um, and I know, at least I think, part of the plan for the new Halstead building is to include dental. Is that still the case? Absolutely. <laughs> How does that all shake out?
1: Um, so,
0: uh, so it's uh, dental will definitely be
1: part of the new building. We will occupy the fourth floor of the building. Um, we will have about thirteen operatories, meaning we will have. 13 chairs basically. Nice. So we'll have a we'll have the capacity to be able to see more patients uh, with probably four full time dentists
0: and three full time hygienists. Right. Nice. So we're yeah. effectively doubling the amount.
1: Yes. Yes. Because you know, I will I will tell you this. Um, we have so many patients that come to our current location traveling great distances, even from out of state mm. just to come and get dental care. And um, you know, they, it it'll help re- relieve some of that um, on the south side by offering these services on the north side as well. Um, so I think I think we're we're heading in
0: the right direction. Yeah, because I I would assume that there's probably a bit of a wait to try to get into a chair as it is. Yes, um, and that's I mean. With with a need like this and and in a specialty like dental, that's I mean, goes without saying that there would be that kind of weight because yeah, like we talked about the duration of this episode, access is hard for people. Yeah. And so what since what Howard Brown is doing is kind of groundbreaking, you know, I'm sure everybody wants it and it's, you know, you do what you can yeah. um with the resources you have. So um that's encouraging. Uh, I think, I think for people listening, I think that's the first time that we brought up the new Hallstead building. So, um, there is a, a new building going up here on the North side that, um, is going to be kind of our new flagship clinic. Uh, and like Dr. Tio said, fourth floor will be all dental. So that's uh, very <laughs> exciting. I think that's opening fall of t- this year of 2023. So that is the goal. We are excited for that. I'll be there at the groundbreaking. So, or no, I was at the groundbreaking. I'll see you at the opening. Um, so talking more about uh, dental health broadly, not necessarily as it relates to Howard Brown, um, what are some of the like secondary um, benefits of having good dental health? Because obviously, you know health in general, when you are healthy, that's obviously what we want, but that also aids in other areas of your life and it allows you you know it, health plays into socioeconomic status really well um in terms of like then you're able to be at a job then you're able to Mm -hmm. you know do x and y and z so how does dental health fit into that specifically does it play into people's you know confidence or ability to work like how does that all what other no so
1: it it really does because um one of the things that you know i mentioned earlier the impact that oral health can have on your overall health Mm -hmm. but i think what what we also don't talk about a lot is how it affects people mentally and mm-hmm. emotionally, right? So if you know, I, I see I see many patients that um, are very self conscious of their smile, and they they uh, hide their smile, or they don't smile, or they they're less confident because of their smile. And the impact that a healthy, beautiful smile um, can have on a person is tremendous. Uh, I had one patient who um, wanted his front teeth fixed just so he can go to a job interview and not feel self-conscious. You yeah. know? That makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, just to be able to get a job and feel confident walking into your interview because you have a smile. Just being able to smile, period. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Is. And I, I I, feel like there was a study or something that like even just the act of smiling itself, regardless of what it gains you, has impacts on your mental health. Yes. Um, so if you think about somebody that doesn't even want to do it in any situation, how must that make them feel long term? Um, I feel like there's probably a lot of those cases where, yes, you're you know, treating a set of symptoms somebody might be dealing with um, on paper, but in the process of treating that, you're also solving a lot of other issues that, you know, aren't um, chartable, so to yeah. speak. Yeah,
1: yeah, I will say, so um, So I, I've, I spoke about how um, the lack of a beautiful smile or an unhealthy mouth can affect you personally, but I had one patient realize how, her smile or lack of not smiling affected her relationship with her co-workers oh. um there was uh i had the you know opportunity to be able to uh, take care of a patient who was missing one of her front teeth and so as a result she was extremely extremely self-conscious mm. and as a result she would never smile and when we finally saw one another and she came in and i fixed her smile the next time i saw her she was like oh my gosh i cannot believe what my my co-workers told me because first of all she said it's like my my cheeks hurt from smiling so much because <laughs> she'd never smiled yeah before and flex to, that muscle to her she said that her her colleagues had always treated her in a way that well as to put it bluntly, one of her colleagues said, "We just always thought you were a bitch, Be- you know, and yeah. because you didn't smile." And you know, far f- far from being the truth, she was actually extremely, wonderfully nice, mm-hmm. open, community of person. It's just that she was very self conscious. Yeah. So that really impacted her, the way she acted with her colleagues yeah so
0: there's yeah i'm sure there's countless stories like that where you know it's just that one thing that's holding somebody back from yes because if you're able to smile then you're able to laugh then you're able to be yourself a little bit more um and we know from every other ever excuse me we know from every other episode being yourself is a big thing howard brown's a champion of yes um so that's a that's a a huge point Um, I'm curious what your take is, this is kind of an abrupt switch of direction, but I'm curious what your take uh, is on people being like afraid of the dentist or not liking the dentist. Uh, That's something that I think uh, crosses all socioeconomic (laughs) statuses where no matter what your access to healthcare is, there (laughs) are people that are fabulously wealthy that hate the dentist and on the other end of the spectrum, that's true as well. So where do you think that comes from?
1: Um, You know what? I... (sighs) So I think that comes from the this uh, this idea that you're you're going to get hurt, mm. that you're going to feel pain. When, you know, in actuality, a lot of times people end up coming to us because they are in pain, True. unfortunately, um, or um, it could also be from. Uh, how they were, how people were raised, and how they were influenced. Because if you have parents who feared the dentist, you yourself may fear the dentist. Or if you had a bad experience when you were younger, um, you know, those are all factors that play into it. Trauma mm. can definitely play into it, and and we definitely experience that. Um, now, as a dental professional, I think most dental professionals we don't take that personally. <laughs> It's, I mean, we know it's not not me personally. It's not about us, but it is my job to, uh, you know, meet you where you're at, so to speak. You know, what is it that's preventing you from coming in? What is it that's having you be fearful? So that way we can address that. And I can do something that will either circumvent that, prevent that, uh, hopefully, you know, not trigger something. Um, So those are all that's why meeting a, a patient for the very first time, even if they're fearful uh, is really important to, to be able to get these kinds of uh, answers from them. Yeah so for for, for example, if you're a fear if you're fearful of going to the dentist, there's no, um, there's no reason why you can't come to us just for a consultation. We don't even have to do anything the first mm-hmm. appointment and, I, and we've done that, and it's not uncommon for patients who are fearful. Just come and meet us. Come and meet the dentist. Talk yeah. to us. So that way we can address what your fears are. We can also um, let you know what will happen during your first appointment, should you choose to schedule. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of times it's the fear of the unknown. Or what are you going to do? You know? And a lot of times people just want to know what are you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, what are you doing with that instrument? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and dental health also strikes me as being one of the more personal forms of healthcare. Um, cause it, you know, if you think if you're going for like a physical, um, you the doctor will be in the same room as you and might come close to maybe listen to your heartbeat or to palpate something if something hurts. Um, but other than that, they'll probably keep their distance. Uh, and if they don't, you know, in cases of, uh, a, a surgery or something, they're, you know, either gonna put you to sleep so you don't feel it, or you're not aware of it. And dental health, you have somebody right up in your business, oh, very yes. close to you, and you're keenly aware of it the whole time. Yeah. And so that's a great point that, like, for some people going and into an office, um, especially if they're somebody with, you know, a complex identity who has experienced healthcare trauma in the past, yes. um, going from that to Right away, having somebody with their hands in your mouth—you mm-hmm. uh, know, with all that—that that might be a lot for somebody. So yeah. that's a great, uh, a great point. And I also, um, since I'm a reformed theater kid, uh, <laughs> thought of uh, Little Shop of Horrors has a character, <laughs> the dentist, and there's a yeah. whole song about him joining the profession because he liked causing people pain. And I think that representation yeah. probably doesn't help. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think th- I think that's something I hadn't really considered is that there's probably just that level of like wow, this is a lot really quickly. And and there's always the, like... I know for me, the, the only uncomfortability I had with the dentist was when I couldn't answer questions about, like, my life because it would be like, so are oh, you still in school? Uh, <laughs> while he was, like, cleaning. And I was like, I can't really talk to you right now, and I really want to. Um, so that was the only issue for me. But I can see I can see kind of all, all, all um, sides on that one. So... Yeah, you bring up a good point, though. And, you know, as... As a dentist and
1: as the patient, you are within each other's personal space. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you're intimately next to each other. Yeah. You know, and so there has to be a lot of trust there. Um, so and and if
0: if that is an issue, um, you know, we have to be able to develop that trust. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The 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 patient provider relationship is a, a huge focus. Um, for a lot of the episodes that I've done here where it's you know, how do you, as a patient, advocate for what you want or what you're unsure of? And, you know, how do you ask questions? Um, and as a provider, how do you, you know, signal to your patient that you're open to answering those questions, that you're open to making accommodations to make them feel uh, comfortable? So that's a, 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 a struggle and a focus that I think transcends all um, yeah. areas of Specialty when it comes yeah. to healthcare. For people that um, might not either have access to dental health or um, maybe aren't able to access it as often as they'd like, what are like the basics yeah. for somebody if they're trying to either keep their mouth he- healthy or um, prevent? what concerns they have from progressing further. What are, what are basics for the, for people who maybe haven't heard it in a while?
1: Okay. So that's kind of a loaded question because <laughs> really there's no getting around, um, seeing your dentist mm-hmm. on a regular basis. You know, uh, like I mentioned earlier, preventative dentistry is really what's going to help you in the long run. So, um, Going in on a regular basis for your examinations and cleanings is going to be ultimately what's going to help you yeah. long term. Um, but if for some reason you're unable to, at the bare minimum, you know, brushing, flossing, eating healthy, um, you know, those are all things that are they're going to they're going to help, but they don't replace. Gotcha. Coming in. It is a non-negotiable gotcha. need because, you know, um, I see it time and time again. And even with my own patients in private practice, you know, things happen, you know, life happens, finances happen. And so they I, I don't see them for a while. And all of a sudden they come back and I'm like, wow. Your mouth has changed. Yes. Mm. Uh, and so that's that's the impact of not being able to access dental care. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really important. It's really important.
0: That makes sense. Even myself, I moved here a year and a half ago, but before that I hadn't seen a dentist um, in like a year. So I actually, today, was like, I need to schedule my dentist appointment. <laughs> um, and I still haven't, so it's been close. I'm
1: glad this podcast reminded It you. really is
0: so timely, Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, even for myself, it's been three years, and that's why I was like, oh, I need to be on top of flossing. Um, Side note, do water flossers work? Okay, so (laughs) uh, if you
1: want to remove debris, Mm -hmm. let's say large debris, yeah, it works. Okay, Um, But personally, there's no um, substitute for flossing. Okay. Getting is... in there, getting that floss up against the side of the tooth and onto the root surface and mm-hmm. removing that, disturbing that plaque and removing it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's just more of a personal question for me because I, <laughs> like I said, had those internal retainers and I was using a water flosser for a while. Oh, those, like... uh,
1: so water flossers and irrigators are wonderful if you have uh, retainers, okay. braces, things like that. Because yeah. Yeah, it does remove debris, and
0: yeah. Okay, so I it was on the right track. I did get the threaders just because I was still having bleeding gums, but I'm going to cut all this all out anyways. Okay, so so yeah, the I just wanted to drive home the point that like seeing a dentist is a need, and despite how well you think you're taking care of your mouth at home, there's just stuff that you can't do. Yeah. So that's, that's a, a fair point. So we'll wrap it up, and I always – Um, ask kind of the same question to everybody, which is um, if you had to leave our listeners with like a moral to the story or, you know, put a bow on it, so to speak, in regards to dental health care, what would you want to kind of drive home? I think what I would
1: like to drive home is don't underestimate the value Mm. of oral health care. Because I will tell you, when something goes wrong, it goes wrong. goes wrong. It goes very
0: wrong. Gotcha.
1: So, um, and, and I've seen it time and time again.
0: Mm. Um, the earlier, the better. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I think, as you say that, I was struck by, like, people probably lump orthodontia, or at least, like, cosmetic orthodontia in with dental health a lot of times. And they're like, well, I'm not getting braces, so I don't need to see somebody uh, and then it's you know a whole huge thing um because yeah i've i find and i've heard that like you said when it goes wrong it goes really wrong that like as uncomfortable as it might be or as difficult as it might be taking the steps to prevent it yes. going wrong is worth it because yes, absolutely root canals and things like that are yes, not absolutely. anything that you want to even take a chance with so yeah. Good good moral to the story. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, 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 yeah, I will uh, put a link to Howard Brown's Dental Health Resources in the episode description for those of you that are listening and are curious. Uh, and we also will open our new uh, clinic on the north side on Falstead in fall of uh, 2023. So... Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I've had such
1: a fun time. I,
0: is... <laughs> see, I, I, I tell people it's fun. I, I joke with every guest that, you know, we'll have to have you back sometime. Um, and it sounds insincere, but it's really not because everybody I've spoken with, yeah. you included, it has such a wealth of knowledge related to the topic and healthcare topics are so complex. There's so much more to dive yes. into. Like we could probably talk for, you know, a lot longer about uh, absolutely that. Like, cultural <laughs> stigma regarding mental yes. health and... and yes. the the vanity aspect of it but that's aside um so like i said we'll have to have you back but thank you so much for your time thank you for having me i look forward to the next time wonderful thanks so much for listening to our episode on dental health care if you are curious more about uh, the dental health resources we have here at howard brown i will include a link in the description below as I said in the top of the show, there is a survey in the description of the episode below that uh, will ask you a few questions about charting queer health, what we can improve on, what's working, things like that. So if you have about 30 seconds of your time, we'd really appreciate if you filled that out. Thanks for listening.